now the Trail Talk Podcast. Anything and everything snowmobiling by UpstateSnow.com with Rich Lupia and Zachary Lupia. It's Trail Talk Tuesday. I'm Rich Lupia and it's the Trail Talk Podcast and we are honored to have Deb from SledFreak.com as our first guest for the 2020-2021 season. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rich. I'm happy to be here. So uh, you have an awesome story, and I would love for you to share with our snowmobiling audience a, a little bit more about it. Uh, you know, you've been with Sled Freak for a long time. Nearly all of us that are involved in snowmobiling are either Sled Freaks or we've at least heard of you. But we know that there's a story behind the story. We'd like to uh, dive into that a little bit to, uh, in this podcast and uh, just have you uh, tell us a little bit more what got you into snowmobiling, grew to love the sport, and then uh, go into that, how Sled Freak came about and uh, your involvement with Sled Freak. Just getting into snowmobiling itself came a little bit later for me. I grew up in Buffalo, so of course, where all the snow is, or was. My dad was a big snowmobiler. He, he went every year with his buddies for 10 days, two weeks, up to the Adirondacks. And all the places that I ride now are he did back in the day, and I heard lots and lots of stories. We never did it as a family. That was dad's outlet. He worked his butt off all summer, spring, fall, and winters when he was laid off, that was his his thing. I didn't really start snowmobiling until, my gosh, probably in my 30s. Always wanted to, always had the love for winter was is my absolute favorite, um, and snow. So I think that just played a big part in it. Being a snow lover, it's in my blood, growing up in Buffalo. You know, I dabbled in it here and there, whenever I had a chance, any opportunity to get on a snowmobile, I did. And then a friend of mine who actually started Sled Freak um, as the website end of it, I went to a show with him up in Old Forge, Snowdio of, of all things. And it, it just, I don't know, just the name itself and just being amongst all the snowmobile community, it just, something just clicked. And I got so so excited about everything the the name just I the whole day the whole weekend I was just like this name is huge it could be so much it's you know anybody that has a love for snowmobiling of any type can can be considered a sled freak I just kept thinking about how big the reach could be and like how much it encompassed you know vintage collectors to trail riders mountain riders like the people that do, you know, the freestyle, it's just, we're all sled freaks. I went home from that show with Chris, who, you know, like I said, started the website with a buddy of his. They both put in some money and built the website. Their idea was just to have an informative, you know, place for people to go for all types of snowmobilers. So I on the way, drive home, I was like, you know, do you think Frank would sell me his, you know, part of the deal? So I went and talked to Frank and bought him out. Unfortunately, that year, it was going into 2010, um, I lost my full-time job as a restaurant manager. 
while putting out applications and all that, I just started working on Sled Freak that much more and getting the reach out there for ourselves to grow Sled Freak, as well as just supporting the, the industry and the community. So since I lost my job, it just gave me a lot of time and applications. I wasn't getting, you know, very much response for, you know, finding a job. As yeah, a restaurant. I mean, that, that was during the Great Recession, and there were a lot of businesses it, that got hit then. We're kind of going yeah. through that, uh, obviously, you know, through the pandemic here in 2020. But, you know, yeah. we're, we're kind of a little bit uh, PTSD just coming off of the Great Recession, that whole period uh, between 2008 and 2012, uh, you know, which, you know, you got swept up into that. But it turned out to be a huge yeah. blessing in disguise for you. It did. I ended up then just doing Sled Freak full time. I gave up on sending out applications and put all my time into going on the road. That's when Sled Freak started going on the road. I would go once, twice, three times a month. I'd be on the road attending some sort of race, expo, you know, just any kind of event that I could help support either a club, just anything in the industry. Yeah, it was a it was a blessing in the end that, you know, things worked out the way they did. So the merchandise is uh, obviously, um, I would say, uh, legendary uh, with uh, snowmobilers. Uh, You have done so well with that. And like you said, it crosses every genre of snowmobiling because snowmobiling is a niche com- a niche community uh it, yeah. it's definitely a camaraderie but there's several different subsets within it you've got your families with kids like me that just enjoy the easy riding or you know going out for a guy's ride with my son who's now 17 and you know we might ride the trails a little bit harder than we would if uh, we had our spouses or our, our children with us and then you've got the boys that want to blow off steam you know during the weekend and then you You've got the old timers and the vintage and the racing element to it and everything. So you cross all of those subsets. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, you know, that was what got me so excited about the name. Just all of that, you know, it encompasses so many people and anywhere that you can ride sleds, which is, you know, not just here in the U.S. We have people in Canada that follow us. We have people in Sweden, it's just amazing the reach that, you know, we've gotten and it's just only started still after 10, 11 years doing this, it's still only just begun. But yeah, the the clothing has become, it's actually become a brand and that's what people call it. And that still kind of hits me like as a surprise sometimes. And I get excited when, you know, I do see all these people wearing sled freak. It's just, it still excites me. And to think it started at Snowdio in Old Forge from that one weekend, from just an idea, and then what many people would consider uh, a, a tragedy or a setback or, you know, something bad, you turned into something incredibly awesome. I, I, I can't help but think how different it would be had you gotten full-time employment uh, in the restaurant industry shortly after being laid off, how much different the story could have turned out. Oh, absolutely. It wouldn't be nearly the same. You know, I probably still would have been able to go on the road on certain weekends, but it just, it, it wouldn't have reached nearly what it has. It's just opened up so many things along the way, avenues, you know, we, we went out to British Columbia a few winters back, all due to Sled Freak, you know, and 
um, one of the lodges out there that are advertisers of ours. And it just, you know, so many things that probably wouldn't have happened had I, like you said, found full-time employment back in 2010. So the idea with uh, reaching upstate New York and starting there, and then it obviously branched out from there. You mentioned the different events. Uh, obviously, events have been shut down this year because of the pandemic. But prior to that, uh, where were some of the places that you got to outside of upstate New York? And where were some of the places that you were just surprised? I'm sure British Columbia and especially Sweden, like you mentioned, were surprised to you, the uh, attraction to Sled Freak. But what are some other places that you've been to that you've just stepped back and said, like, wow. Our farthest race that we go to is out in Grantsburg, Wisconsin. And that one, when I first started going out there, it's probably 2010 or 11, but probably 11. You know, the name was out there and I did see some because we sponsored a couple of racers out that way on water, on the water racing end of it. It's slowly grown out there, but that's probably as far as Physically being somewhere and walk, you know, seeing the name walking around there is, you know, Wisconsin is the furthest that way. So, but I'm, I know there's some further out, you know, but as far as physically being there, that would be the furthest. So Sled Freak has developed over the last decade into this brand and into this uh, monster. <laughs> you guys have literally uh, created a monster here, and we absolutely love it. But it really came out of the desire for uh, your love for the sport uh, that started with your dad and then your own experience at Snowdio. So as the Sled Freak brand is developing, I, I'm sure that there were many opportunities that came along to where you said, hey, you know what? I, 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 there's an opportunity for me to give back here. Tell me about some of those opportunities that Sled Freak helps out with that many people may not really know too much about. Um, one of the big things that we've been doing um, every year since probably before I was even on board, um, we do an annual golf tournament. That tournament is a fundraiser. Each year we, and of course we didn't do it this year because of COVID, just like everything else, but um, each year we pick a different um, individual or organization to give the monies raised um, to. And over the years we've done, um, we've had, and it's usually a member or a member's family or something to do with one of our Sled Freak members We've had a gentleman, I don't know if you remember Zen Waiter, who did podcasts back in the day. Back um, uh, once upon a time when everyone was like, yeah. what's a podcast? And now everyone's got one. <laughs> exactly. Well, Zen Waiter had um, had a heart attack and was having some really rough times and stuff. So we raised money for him. We had a girl that had a very rare form of breast cancer. So we raised money for her and her cause. Our friend Randy Needleman, who I'm sure you have seen our story with him, he yes. became ill and is now paralyzed from the chest down. We raised money to do a sled build for him because he 
is a diehard snow, a sled freak and snowmobiler. And he just needed to get back on the snow to get him over his hump of just the depression that sets in after such a, an accident or illness. So we raised money for him to do a sled build and he got back on the snow, doesn't do it regularly because of, you know, issues with the cold and stuff now that he's paralyzed. But, um, that was a big one for us. That was, you know, that was a major one. And we've done for cystic fibrosis, stuff like that. And the last year, last year when we did it, it was, I wanted to change and start pushing more for the youth end of things. Um, yes, that's exactly the, where I wanted you to go with this. I knew this and I'm glad that you're yeah. bringing this up. Yes, the future of snowmobiling is, you know, and bringing up these kids into the sport is such a needed thing. Um, I see it all the time with especially clubs suffering because they don't, there are so many clubs that I know of that are the older generation that are still running the clubs, doing all the work, doing all the trail work, and they don't have anybody up and coming to help keep that club going and keep the sport going the way we know it. So that's been a push the last few years to help promote kids, the youth and snowmobiling. So that being said, we, we raised money at that last golf tournament and the money's raised. Some of it went to um, the Hamburg snowmobile youth club. Um, one of the very first, and I think one of only two youth, actual youth snowmobile clubs um, that we know of, especially in New York. So we, some of the proceeds went to them to help support them. And then um, my friend Lisa Krug from Snowmo Baby, she has things she was trying to start called Raising Riders over the years the three of stephanie from the youth club lisa with snowmobile baby and raising riders and myself have formed formed together to try and build the youth end of things and we have the family zone that we take and set up at um nysa's forums every year the new york state snowmobile association and we've been asked to bring it to the Syracuse Big East show as well to help promote the family aspect and the youth coming up through the sport. So that has definitely been a big push the last couple of years. And I'm sure that it's not lost on you being a Buffalo native, the fact uh, the Larsons in Hamburg, uh, right. the suburb of Buffalo, I'm sure that, that you know the irony of that uh, was right. not lost on you in the, in the midst of that. No, absolutely not. And we actually last last winter we put together two separate youth rides, family rides. One was in the Western New York area with the Hamburg Club's help. We did that one, and then we did one in Branningham, New York. And both were awesome turnouts. We had such a fabulous time, um, and I'm really looking forward to doing more of that because it was so well received and you know the youth the youth end of it and bringing them up right is is huge and and i'll tell you just uh, you know and the ending you know on that note there um 
my son uh, and wanting to uh, get him into the sport and share with him the love and the experience that I've had and what a great father-son thing it's been for me, how much it's is, has excited him. It's become a part of his life and just so many great memories that we've had on the trail already. And, uh, you know, he's getting ready to become an adult and spread his own wings and who knows uh, yeah. where life will take him. But, uh, you know, you got to take advantage of those memories and that time with your kids when you have it, especially with, you know, the fact that not every snowmobile season is a big cold and snow year. It was a little right. rough last year. Indications yeah. are it might be the same this year. And then between the pandemic and everything else, if there's one thing that uh, we can take out of this is don't miss the opportunities. Uh, you did not miss out on any of the opportunities that, uh, you know, that you've had. You took them. And especially with the youth, there's only a small window of time, especially with all the other distractions and all the other busyness uh, in life. But the chance to be able to take that and to give that to them will pay dividends far beyond anything that you or I will probably ever see. Oh, absolutely. And that's, they'll never forget those type of memories and times you got to spend together. They just did. How can they forget stuff like that? Deb, the pandemic has really hit all of us up for a loop. I guess the uh, blessing that you know we have, and only speaking strictly from a snowmobile perspective, that it hit at the end of the season, we were at least able to get through the past season before the pandemic hit. And obviously, it's taken a toll on all of us. The fact that we've lost over 200,000 people, almost all of us know someone who contracted it or potentially had it seriously or maybe even passed away from it. This has been a very rough year for us, and we're still having cases. We're still worried about the upcoming season, social distancing, whether or not, uh, you know, there's still some uncertainty as to the upcoming snowmobile season in the future and how things are going to uh, play out. And obviously, with your business uh, being highly dependent on event and clothing sales, uh, you know, I'm sure that that's had a big impact on you. Tell me a little bit about how you've gotten through this season. Uh, you and your family and those loved ones around you, are you guys all okay? And give me a sense because you have vision and optimism, obviously, from your story. What do you see as we look towards next season and beyond? Oh, boy. I wish I had a crystal ball like everybody else. But, um, you know, we weathered we weathered it pretty well. Um, yeah, like you said, thankful that we had last winter to get through. We um, literally had just gone to Snowfest, an old forge, and got through that, and then it all hit. And, you know, so I'm thankful that we got at least to that point. You know, we, we weathered it fine with just like, you know, one day at a time. Uh, one of the good things that came out of it, I had my granddaughter for six weeks. So that, um, you know, kept me focused and, you know, trying not to get too down about everything going on. Once she went home, you know, it was time to start trying to focus on, yeah, what are we going to do? Because everything was canceling left and right and didn't know what to expect. 
um, fortunately for us, you know, snowmobiling for us does not end when the snow goes away because we have those crazy watercross racers that race on the water. So um, even though there wasn't spectators allowed, the races at Flat Rock still went on in June, July, and August. We were lucky to still have that. Totally missed having the spectators there. It was different than races of the past, but we still, it was still exciting. You know, they had campers, they were allowing camping there. So there were still quote unquote spectators, but, um, so that helped us through because we do real, you know, well, and I've got a lot of support through all the racing community um, and the racing families with the watercross and um, do a lot of custom orders for them. So that helped us get through that. Um, looking into the fall, you know, kind of stuff, not having the Big East show and missed seeing all the people that come see us just at those events. Snow bash. Snow bash. We, we, we don't, snow bash. We, we'd always, uh, we'd always see you at snow bash and, and hang exactly. out and shoot the breeze in the trailer for half hour, hour, you know, every, every year. That was one of the things I Absolutely. looked forward to. I know that was the first one that I think really hit me besides going out to Wisconsin this year, that one got canceled as well. So we didn't get to go out there and I, you know, absolutely love going out to Wisconsin because there's, it's like every event we go to, there's certain groups of people that we only see that one time a year. And like you said, see it running into you guys at Snow Bash, that was, that's always a big one. And then we have the Big East and then we have New Hampshire, which another big one um, that I absolutely love looking, I look forward to going to and meeting up with a bunch of my advertisers and stuff. But you know, going into the winter, I, you know, I think we can still set up trail side, you know, on the side of a trail at, up on Tug Hill, you know. So for us, we still have opportunities to get out there. It's just going to have to be a little different than normal. And, you know, we might just not snowdio, which, you know, yeah. where it all began. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm expecting to hear the word any minute on that but um you know it's it's gonna be just one day at a time like we've been doing all along and you know people know that we have our online store so that's picked up a little bit um because you know they can't come see us in person but um you know one day at a time and just kind of have to get creative and like I said we can still take the mobile store and set up on the side of a trail hopefully this year it won't be a an issue so well there's always there's always high market there's always tables i mean there's yeah, you know, there's absolutely. always there's always seaville there's you know there's always branningham i mean you were you were in branningham oh, yeah. for you know for a while and uh, oh, you know yeah. even even if it's on north street uh you know at, at the parking lot or in the enchanted forest uh you know par, you know parking lot there's always plenty yeah. of uh, uh places to you know you know to go and uh oh, 
Absolutely. Yeah, I, I guess it's just making the most of, uh, you know, whatever cards that were ultimately dealt with. I mean, obviously, you know, speaking of cards, the wild cards are, you know, what are the restrictions going to be? How many people from how many different states besides upstate New York can ride upstate New York this winter? Absolutely. How exactly is the, you know, is the weather going to play out and is it going to be well-timed for the holidays and for riding weekends? And then another big question mark or wild card in the middle of all of this is the fact that so many more people are working from home now. It used to be big snowmobiling weekends, and now with the fact that a lot more people are working remotely and a lot more people are working from home as a result of the pandemic, and some of this not just going through this winter but potentially being permanent, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the quiet midweeks of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and having the trails to yourself – may not be anymore you may have more steady traffic throughout the week you know with maybe a little bit more of a surge during the weekend but it may get spread out a lot more that is we yeah. may not even know uh how snowmobiling is going to change in upstate new york as a result of all of this we there's still a big question mark on that oh big question mark and like i said it's gonna be that one day at a time thing just because it's you can't speculate this has been one of those things that you just you just don't know until it happens. Just be ready to react is uh, pretty much all that you can do. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, and just go with the flow. You know, there's only so much you can fight in the storm that we're going through. But, you know, there's where there's a will, there's a way. We'll make it work. We've been spending time with uh, Deb from Sled Freak and just uh, getting to know a little bit more of her story about snowmobiling, how she became involved in Sled Freak, and just all of the different things that she's been blessed to be involved with and uh, the challenges going through the, uh, you know, the pandemic and where we are today with a lot of questions as to uh, what we're going to face uh, coming up in this up- upcoming snowmobile season. So, you know, like uh, like she was saying, uh, you know, just a day at a time. But, uh, Deb, before we wrap up this podcast here, uh, I'm just curious. I want to pick your brain on a couple of things here. Um, the first thing would be if there was anything that you could change about snowmobiling in general, whether it be the community or, you know, it could be anything. If there was one thing that you could change about snowmobiling, uh, what what would it be? What would you improve on? And what would you what would you do to help that? That's a tough one. And not because there's a lot of things to change or anything, but I don't know. I, I wish I could make people understand the safety aspect. More so, it's just so heart-wrenching to see the accidents that happen every year and the last couple years have been I think so much to do with speed related and I believe carelessness and that comes with trying to push the family aspect there's so many people I talk to that are afraid to take their kids and their families out on the trails and I hear that way too much And if we could just make people understand that, you know, it's going to be so much more enjoyable if you just slow down and, you know, enjoy the scenery. I mean, yeah, it's fun to open it up and get that adrenaline rush, but you have to realize you're not the only one out on the trail. And I see so many people that ride as if 
they are the only ones out on the trail with no regard for anybody else coming around that next curve. And, uh, you know, I try not to preach it and I try not to get involved in the, you know, controversy of it. And we don't post or share a whole lot of the, the fatalities because I try to keep things as much upbeat and positive um, since we've gotten it to that that is a big deal you know every year it's just it's heart-wrenching to see some of these accidents that could be avoided well i can tell you that uh you know on this end of things uh that concern is definitely not alone i know my wife has uh expressed on many occasions especially years ago I just don't like you out there. You know, there, you know, there are, there's that element of people that just don't respect the trails. They don't respect whether they're open or closed. They don't uh, stay within the lines. They exceed the speed limit. They blow around the corners too fast on the left. And if somebody's coming, potentially wipe them out or cause a situation. And there's a lot of years where, you know, my wife would just be like, uh, honey, I, I, I really am just not, you know, comfortable with this. Uh, I, I wish we could change that, uh, you know, stereotype about that because, you know, it's such a great sport. How much my son has loved it and all the great father-son time that I've had and all the great opportunities that you've had uh, with the snowmobiling community and all the great people that you've met, the vast majority yeah. of snowmobilers are responsible uh, oh, and are, you know, ride and ride right and support the clubs. But, you know, you're always going to have that element. You're never going to have 100% support. It's never going to be a utopia. And I guess, you know, we have to live with that. But. Yeah. You know, I, I guess the only thing that we can do with our platforms, with you as Sled Freak and with me at Upstate Snow and, uh, you know, through the great, uh, you know, clubs that, uh, you know, that we're associated with, uh, you know, through NISA and through Upstate New York is just continue to preach the message. This is a family sport. You know, this is about friends and family. This is about doing the right thing, respecting the environment, respecting the trail owners, and just yeah. enjoying the unique experience that snowmobiling is, that is itself intoxicating. And you don't need anything, you don't need uh, you know any more excitement than just being out uh, you know on the trails and having a deer running down the trail in front of you or seeing that yeah. mountain vista with the snow uh, pasted over the hills and mountains like a Norman Rockwell painting and seeing scenes that you uh, would only see during the wintertime and only see because of the state system that's been set up and the landowners and the clubs that all make it possible. I, I wish yeah. people would, as you would say, slow down a little bit and take the time to see what we have and be thankful for it. And hopefully after what we've been through, you know, uh, you know, as, um, you know, as, as a people, as a community with, you know, with this pandemic, maybe have us all be a little bit more reflective and thankful for what we have. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, we started pushing, like, that's part of the thing with, you know, teaching the kids the right way and the etiquette and, you know, safety. Hopefully those parents that are out there riding with their kids are, you know, teaching them all that. And you don't need to 
have that speed all the time to enjoy snowmobiling and, you know, starting to push the tech vest makes a really good kid vest. So, you know, if everybody could get their kid in a tech vest too, that would, you know. Zach rides with a vest. I ride with a vest. I don't ride without it anymore. Uh, Darren from Isle Snow doesn't ride without it anymore. I mean, it just, it you know, it just is what it is. But uh, you know, many of us snowmobilers take, uh, you know, take the safety aspect seriously because we want to live to ride another day. We want to be able to go back to Epping. We want to be able to go back to Snowdio. We want to be able to go back to Old Forge and enjoy. 18 inches worth of lake effect powder on freshly groomed and flat trails, even trail mm-hmm. five. <laughs> I, I'm told, I'm told it does happen on occasion. I did see it once. I did enjoy it that, once. Right? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I timed it right. <laughs> I just, just got lucky, I guess. But uh, yeah, the legend of trail five, for those of you who do not know or have never ridden old forge, just mention trail five and you'll get a whole bunch of looks. <laughs> trail five. <laughs> oh, the stories, the stories. And, you know, I've just enjoyed you taking some time to share, uh, you know, your story. Uh, Deb, it's sledfreak.com. Uh, before we uh, wrap up this podcast, uh, for those that, uh, you know, are looking for your latest merchandise, uh, want to follow you, become a member of Sled Freak, uh, potentially advertised, uh, uh, what are the best ways for people to find you? Of course, we have our website, um, sledfreak.com. We have our Sled Freak store. Um, which you can find via the website or just go to the, the sledfreakstore.com. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, pretty much all the platforms, social media. Um, but yeah, the, the Sled Freak store is open 24-7, so that's, you can always find your merchandise there. Or just contact me, you know, private message if there's something special. I do custom orders as well. But um, be watching. I can't, I'm not going to give anything away. I'm going to keep everybody on the edge of their seats. But be watching between now and early November. We've got some exciting news and, um, yeah, announcements to make. So that should keep everybody guessing and on the edge of their seats. But stay tuned. And most likely on Facebook, you'll see it first. So. Always a pleasure uh, speaking with you, and I just uh, am thankful for your support of Upstate Snow, uh, for the encouragement that you've given me both publicly and you know and privately, uh, you know to continue on with the uh, with with Upstate Snow. Uh, we're we're very blessed and happy to be a part of the snowmobile community and part of the Upstate New York community, and I, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, you're you're not only a great businesswoman and a great visionary, but just an awesome person and an awesome friend. Deb at SledFreak.com, thank you so much for joining us on the Trail Talk Podcast. Thanks, Rich, and thanks for your support. Thanks for listening to the Trail Talk Podcast. For more podcasts, weather information, and snowmobile information, visit upstatesnow.com.